Hi, and welcome to Let's Get Clinical, tips from the CRA helper. Here is your host, Elizabeth Waddell. Hi, Elizabeth here, and welcome to episode 16, where I will discuss the importance of consistency and monitoring. I've mentioned before that as a CRA, I sometimes feel like a detective at the site looking for clues in order to verify if the site is being compliant with the protocol and GCPs and federal regulations. But what happens when those quote-unquote clues are inconsistent? I want to discuss some examples where we must confirm uniformity and reliability in everything that we're reviewing. It may make more sense with an example. Okay, this one I would see a lot. So when reviewing the source documentation, many sites may have a ConMed sheet. It's a source worksheet, usually in landscape format. It's a table and in the first column, it'll list the name of the medication. And then it would have a start date, a place to put an end date, or if it's ongoing, and then the indication And sometimes they'll also include if the medication was used to treat something in their medical history or if it was used to treat an adverse event. And it's usually nice when they have a ConMed source worksheet because when you're reviewing that against, say, the ConMed eCRF page, they might be similarly laid out and you can just go through line by line and verify that everything matches. But as mentioned in previous episodes, in addition to source worksheets, the site really should be providing medical records as well. And nine times out of 10, there usually is an inconsistency between the medications listed in the med records and the ConMed table that I mentioned earlier. So it could be a difference in a date or the dose or the route, and usually it results in a query. So it's important that these places in the source are consistent before I can even think about source document verifying what's in the CRF page. Because remember, CRF data comes from the source. So if the source has an inconsistency, then which one is entered into the CRF? So the site really must confirm and correct that source, get it consistent, and then I'll know what data is correct and must be entered into the CRF. Okay, here's another example. So like that ConMed source worksheet, sites may also have an AE source worksheet, which again is like a table landscape format, and it'll list in the first column the event name and the start date, if there's an end date or is it ongoing, the intensity of the event, if it's related to study drug, does it qualify as an SAE or not? And if it affected the subject taking the study drug, did they have to interrupt taking the study drug? Did they have to withdraw it completely? Or maybe there was no changes in regard to taking the study drug, but usually there's a place to record that information as well. And it's also nice when there's a box right there where a PI or medically qualified delegated sub-I is signing off their review. Because remember, someone medically qualified has to be involved in the review of adverse events. This is something that involves safety and also determining if it's related to study drug or not. So that's a great place to have it right there line by line that we can see their involvement. So in regards to consistency, there may be times that we're reviewing the source documentation for a particular study visit, and we see a progress note that conflicts with what's captured on that AE source page. So the same thing, this must be queried and clarified with the site before we know what is to be captured in that AE CRF page. So for example, the prog note may list that the AE has resolved, but then when you flip to the AE table, it may still capture it as ongoing. So again, that's something you query, clarify with the site before you SDV that AE CRF page. And this can also happen a lot with the screening visit medical history. Queries usually result when there are inconsistencies between the medical records and the med history that's captured a baseline. So that's something else. You just want to make sure it's consistent in every place 
before you know what is the correct data to be captured in the medical history. So again, it results in queries. The site needs to confirm and resolve the query and then make any necessary updates to the source in order to make sure the data is consistent. And then we as monitors will go in and look at how they've resolved the query to ensure it was done appropriately, that everything's reliable, consistent, it's valid. And then if so, then we can close the query on our end. Again, everything is consistent. And then we know and compare that to the CRF. And then we can say that everything is valid that was captured in the case report form. And I do a lot of flipping when it comes to source document review, because when I review comments or progress notes that address medications or an AE, for example, then I'm flipping to that ConMed page, an AE page to make sure that it's consistent and all the information matches. So for example, I'm looking at study visit number three, and I see a prog note where it states that the subject has a common cold and they just took DayQuil that morning in order to treat the event. So then I'm going to flip to those source pages to see okay, is DayQuil recorded? Was that captured as a ConMed? And the common cold, was that captured as an AE? So I'm confirming and making sure that those things are recorded. And do the start dates match based on the comments and things like that? So you're just making sure, again, consistency. And also just as a side note, when you're reviewing ConMeds, always make sure to confirm if they're an allowed or disallowed medication per protocol. And if you notice any issues, then definitely escalate, follow the communication plan for your study. A lot of times studies have medical monitors, so definitely follow up and escalate. So another example in regard to consistency as I'm reviewing that source documentation, if I see at the study visit that the labs were collected or an ECG was performed, then I'm going to flip to review the lab report or the lab requisition, for example. So if the labs were collected, then a lot of times in studies, there may be a central lab used, there'll be a lab report. And then in addition to that lab report, I want to look at the lab rec or lab requisition. So I'm reviewing what's on that. Is it the correct lab sample? Is it the correct subject number? What about the study visit date? Who's collecting the lab samples? Does all of that match? Is that consistent with the source? And then also when I'm reviewing who collected those lab samples and filled out the lab requisition, I want to ensure that person is on the delegation log, that that's consistent. Is that person on the delegation log and were they delegated the task of collection of lab samples? And then I'll review that lab report. I'm going to look at the subject number, at the study visit date, do the demographics match? What about those lab results? Is that consistent with what's being reported in the source? Do they have any clinically significant abnormal lab ranges? If so, is that captured as an adverse event? So all of these things must be consistent like a puzzle with each other. Same thing with ECGs performed. I've been on studies where there may be a central ECG vendor used. So they'll collect the ECG. So I'm going to flip and look at that original ECG tracing. Is that filed appropriately? Does it have the correct subject number? Do the demographics match? Does it have that same study visit date? And then in addition, I'm going to look at those results. Is it normal? If it's abnormal, was it deemed clinically or not clinically significant by the PI or the medically qualified delegated sub-I? And then also was it signed and dated documenting their review? And then usually with these central ECG vendors, they'll also have a cardiologist at their facility that will overread and they'll also provide 
their interpretation of the results. So they'll send that overread to the site. And then I want to see that file as well. And is again, subject number, is that correct? What about the study visit date and the demographics there and the results? Were they reviewed? Am I seeing documentation of review by the PI or sub I? And then also on some studies, they might have to put if they agreed or disagreed with that overread. And then again, if any abnormal results, are they deemed clinically or not clinically significant by the PI or sub I? And then if there was a clinically significant result from the ECG, was that captured as an adverse event? All those things, again, must go together, must be consistent. And then, oh, and back to the lab requisition. Sometimes attached to the lab requisition, there'll be an air bill attached. Sometimes central labs will provide sites pre-populated air bills. That way, all the study information, billing for the study, all that's completed, say, for example, on a FedEx air bill. And then also to make sure that it goes to the correct place. So they'll have their name and their address of their central lab facility on there as well. So it's really nice pre-populated air bills completed. And so I also look at the date that it was shipped on that air bill. Does it match everything else? So again, everything should be consistent. And the person that's shipping the lab samples, have they been delegated to do that task, the processing and shipment of lab samples? Because remember, there's certain certification and training requirements required for personnel that ship hazardous material. So they need to have some sort of IATA certification or safety pack certification, training certification that shows that they are qualified to ship hazardous material. So the take-home message in regards to consistency is when you're reviewing source or anything, if there is another place that that same information is going to be captured, then it must be consistent. So I always think of that when I'm reviewing something I think in my head, okay, where else is the same information being captured? And I want to look there and make sure it all matches and is consistent because we need to confirm that everything is valid, that it's reliable. What's being reported on the case report forms is valid. So it's so important. Okay, so let's look at consistency when it comes to the ISF, the investigator site file or the regulatory binder, the reg binder. So for example, the FDA form 1572 And for those of you who are new to research, that's an agreement that's signed by the investigator in order to provide certain information to the sponsor. And it also shows agreement that he or she is going to comply with FDA regulations that are related to the conduct of the study. So there's about 11 sections to this document, and it includes the PI address, all the addresses where study procedures are going to be conducted, lab facilities in the study, the IRB, the name and address of the IRB, a list of the sub-investigators, the study information, the PI commitments, All that good stuff is on the 1572. So this is a document that I like to have readily available as there is a lot to compare it to. So for example, when I'm reviewing the PICV, that curriculum vitae, does the address match section one of the 1572 where it lists the PI address, making sure those are consistent for sub-I's and other delegated study staff? What about their CVs? they should at least have one of the addresses from section three of the 1572. So I'm gonna look and see, okay, one of the addresses here, that shows their affiliation to the study site. Sometimes in some cases, if they don't have one of those addresses on their CV, then sometimes they'll let the site generate a note to file in order to document and show their affiliation with the site. But again, it just depends on your company and the sponsor. And when I'm reviewing the IRB section, the submissions, the approvals, all of the IRB documentation, does the name and address of the IRB match section five of the 1572? What about names of the PI and the study staff? 
and the sub eyes? Do they match across the board between the 1572, the CVs, the medical licenses, et cetera? Because sometimes a PI or a sub I may have a suffix, like they may be a junior or a senior, or they may be John Smith the third or John Smith the second. So we have to make sure that those names are consistent across the board between the regulatory documentation. Some of the lab documentation provided for local labs, such as a CLIA waiver and a CAP, that's the College of American Pathologist. These documents are provided in order to ensure that the test results are meeting and exceeding industry standards for the clinical lab testing. So if they have a local lab, we want to see a CLIA waiver, a CAP. And on the CAP, it actually will list the name and address of the local lab. So I want to ensure the lab that's listed here, are they on section four of the 1572? But also there's a section that the CAP lists the CLIA number. So I want to make sure that that CLIA number matches the actual CLIA that I have that has a number. So I want to make sure those numbers match the name and address of the labs. Do they match between the two? And then do they match between section four of the 1572? The lab directors, is that the same on both? So things like that, I want to ensure all match. And typically in the reg binder, there's also screening and enrollment logs. There's subject ID list, master IP accountability logs, PK sample logs. Sometimes studies will require that the sites collect PK samples. They might be stored in a negative 20 Celsius or cold or colder freezer at the site. And then they'll batch ship the PK samples into the lab. So when this happens, usually they'll require the sites to keep a PK sample log where they record the shipments of the PKs as well as the collection dates. There's also sometimes ICF logs. They'll list the different version numbers of the consent forms and also the different signature dates that the subject signed each version. So you want to ensure that all the information captured in all these different logs are consistent with what's in the source. So you want to review these and ensure that everything's consistent. Remember, it goes together like a puzzle. Is the information correct? So remember those monitoring worksheets that I talked about in the last episode? Well, while I review the source, I would document the ICF versions and the different signature dates. And then I would also document the visit dates. So I could use my notes on these monitoring worksheets while I'm reviewing the reg binder and reviewing these different logs. And that way I would cross-reference and could confirm that the information was entered as accurate. So that for me was an easy way to do that. And another example with consistency too is just even in our trip reports themselves. There's a section sometimes that would say, was the site compliant with study procedures and and GCP guidelines? And a monitor may say, oh yeah, they were compliant, yes. And then in the next section where it talks about what was discussed with the PI, it'll ask, were there any protocol deviations noted? Were they discussed with the PI? And then they would answer, yes. And then it's like, well, how are they compliant? But yet there were protocol deviations you know, captured. So that's an example right there. It's just inconsistent. So we just want to make sure to answer things consistently because we want to, again, remember that take-home message. If something is captured in one place, I always want to think everywhere else that that same information is captured. That way I can cross-reference and make sure everything is consistent with each other. And also, if something is updated in one place, I want to make sure I check every other place that it's captured to make sure, again, that it's consistent. Because you want to make sure that the data is valid, that it's reliable for the study. So I know I've thrown a lot of information at you, but I really wanted to share the importance of cross-referencing data and the importance of making sure everything is accurate and valid in every place and things in the source that may generate queries to look at further, to investigate further, and in the investigator site file. 
of things that need to cross-reference and be consistent. Now, it's not an exhaustive list by any means of everything in the reg binder. There's so much more and so much more that we need to cross-reference and make sure matches. And I will go through step-by-step how to review a regulatory binder and my upcoming course, as well as more tips regarding source review, ICF review, lots of fun stuff. I hope this information was helpful for you. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe. I pray you guys are safe out there. And I just want to thank you again to all of our nurses, doctors, and healthcare workers, all the healthcare workers, grocery store workers, delivery workers, sanitation workers, power linemen, everyone out there on the front lines. I give you a great big thank you and a virtual hug. Please, everyone stay safe out there. I look forward to our time together next week. Until next time.